This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy, and we are back with the Ask Jason Live show, where I feel that questions from people live, you're not going to want to miss this one. Check it out. Okay. All right. Our first question is from Todd. All right. The clients I have are massive time suckers and they aren't respectful and don't pay on time. Yay. Aside from firing all of them, what can I do? Aside from firing all of them, this comes down to selection and how you choose your clients. And client selection is the most important part. And in the beginning, you end up dealing with a lot more difficult clients because you need the money, you need the experience, and you're willing to do it. As you start building your business out, you start getting a little bit more selective on the type of clients you bring in, the type of clients you want. And you can start noticing some red flags a little earlier in the process, I should say, than going through it. Number one is if a client's not paying on time and this continually happens, then, you know, you want to fire them. You want things baked into contracts where it's, hey, we're going to pause all the work. We're going to stop working unless you pay us or it is that that shouldn't be the case. Another thing that that's interesting, that could be an interesting perspective instead of blaming it all on the client and saying that client selection it really just comes down to client selection. An interesting perspective that I've been listening to, I've been hearing, which is true, is how are you as a client? Are you a massive time sucker? Do you pay your invoices on time? It goes down to, do you want testimonials from people? Do you give testimonials? Like your clients are paying you on time. Do you pay on time? People are ghosting you on sales calls. Is that something you do? Because a lot of times we attract people based off our own behaviors. So it's just an interesting perspective because I spoke to a client about this the other day and they're like, yeah, we just can't get testimonials. I'm like, when was the last time you gave a testimonial? And they're like, oh, I don't do testimonials. I'm like, you see what's happening here a little bit. Interesting perspective to play on and to think about, especially I think a lot of people don't realize that, that they actually, how you behave is what you have. So if you think your service is expensive, for example, then you should try going out and buying expensive things so you understand what that actually feels like. So you can put things in relative. You can't p have people pay you a lot of money when you won't pay a lot of money for something else because then you're just going to have that massive disconnect between your mind and what you're actually selling. So I think a lot of it just comes down to, are you doing the, a lot of the things that you're actually complaining your clients are doing to you? And sometimes that, that's a lot the case. So an easy way to fix that is, yes, client selection, but another way is change yourself to become the type of client you want and try that getting okay. meta there. Awesome. Okay. Oh, Elizabeth says, hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Do you have any questions? Okay. Our next question is from Alan. Alan asks, I'm worried about the economy and what that will do for my business. How are you handling it? By understanding that I don't control it. I need to focus on the things I can control. We spend endless and constant amount of energy worrying about what worrying about things that li we literally have zero control over the economy, what this person said or what this person did, who the leader of the country is at the time. It's a blame game. I prefer not to have victim mentality. And am I perfect about this? Absolutely not. Do I worry? Absolutely. But the way I snap myself back into it is reminding myself of everything I just said and focusing on the things I can control. Do I have a strong business with good cash flow? Cool. Then I could weather storms. Am I building up enough cash flow 
in the business that if there was a lull, I could carry over and I don't have to worry about, let's say three months goes by and can I pay staff? Can I do this? Can I pay myself? Will I do this? That's in your control. Solving problems for people. That's in your control. And if you could do that, you're recession proof. You could last in any economy because people always have problems and people will always have money to figure out a way to pay you to solve those problems, especially if it's solving their own recession problems. I heard this said the other day, I forget who said it, but it was brilliant. It was like, how do you get out of recession? How do you not focus on the recession is by pretending there is no recession, <laughs> right? That you go on business as usual. Now, I think what that means is really just focusing on the things that are in your control. You can't handle what's going on in the economy. That's not you. So you spending all your time worrying about what's going to happen and how is that going to affect you doesn't do much for your business. You could definitely plan. I think everyone should have a recession plan or even like a down what's going to happen. But those are things that are in your control. You could plan for this in advance and build your business to be able to weather that. How am I handling it? By really just trying to do everything I can in my power for the things I can't control. Everything else, there's no point really worrying about it if I can't control it and it makes no impact, then not much I could do. Okay. Question from Gazana. How do I increase prices as a freelancer on a saturated platform like Upwork? Do you have any tips? Results. People pay for results. People pay for quality work. If you're average, people are not going to pay you high prices. If you need to increase your prices and you want to be head and shoulders above everyone else, which is a different story, I believe when you price yourself, there's no benefit in being the cheapest unless you're doing like a mass quantity game. There's always benefit to be expensive. And the people who are who could pay expensive usually have money going forward in any economy. But how do you increase your price in a saturated market is stand out more. What are you doing to stand out like in, in that market? Are you getting a lot of testimonies that you could put on there? Are you getting a lot of reviews that you could put in as a freelancer? and talk about the difference between you and everyone else. Like it's the differentiating factor. How do you stand out? You just sitting there saying, hey, I'm now doing this and I want to increase my prices. So increase the prices. But are people going to pay it? That comes down to your quality of work. A lot of times what freelancers do or a lot of people do is they take on a client and they deliver results, right? They deliver some results and then they want to take on more clients and more clients. And then the quality of work goes down, but they want to keep the same prices as when they were doing and they were having the quality. So I think that becomes problem too. Can you actually deliver at those high price points and not just, I'm now going to hire a team. I now have more money to go pay the team to go do the work. They're going to do it. And I'm going to do all that. That's how you scale truthfully, but you have to understand that quality is going to go down. And can you satisfy the clients? Like we just went through this dealing with one of our vendors. The quality was great. And then they started outsourcing and they started scaling their business and quality went down. And I'm like, you can't demand these prices anymore. Like I'm getting the same thing that I would get if I ordered it off Fiverr. So I think that's important. And look, if you have the testimonies, you have the five-star reviews, make that front and center, put it out there and you jump on the phone with people and you get your application seen and on Upwork and you start talking about and you show all the different ways that you're the best. That has to be front and center. If people are going to make a decision based off price, it also depends what you're in, right? If people are making a decision based off price alone, and not results, they may not be the type of clients you're going for, right? So if I was going to build a website, for example, and it was like the most important website I needed, it's not a price factor for me anymore. Now it's a matter of who's going to get the job done. Is it going to be easy? Do I have communication with that person? Will they respond to me? This There's just a million different criteria that I'm probably going to be looking for, and I'm willing to pay more for it, right? If I'm looking for someone who could post on social media for me, then I'm probably looking at price, right? Because it's just, hey, I just need like a VA to go out and just post this. Then I'm probably being more price conscious. But if you're offering a service, understand that 
price isn't always the factor. And if it is, if someone's looking for that, they're probably not an ideal client anyway. Good point. Okay. All right. From Rachel, what are some of your favorite business books? Megan, you know this. Like, I read a lot and I consume a lot. And I used to just read anything someone would recommend to me, especially around business. Like I'd see if someone post a book and I would go buy it and read it or I'd get the audio book and read it. The truth is doing that. And if I'm going to answer your question by giving you the books I recommend is a giant waste of your time. Because if I recommend, and I'll explain like me, like I can answer that question. I could say here are my top five favorite business books, but doing that just doesn't help you in any single way possible. Here are the five best books that I've read this year. I realize it doesn't help you. And it doesn't help, you know, when you're asking that question, because the truth is if I recommend a marketing book for you, but what you really need is finance, am I helping you? No, I'm giving you a great marketing book. Great. You read another book. You get to go out and sit there and say, I read a hundred books this year. But the truth is, if you're going to ask this question is what problem needs to be solved? And then let's look at for books that actually could solve that problem. It's solving the bottlenecks. It's, it's the same way on my coaching calls. Someone comes in and asks a question. That question should be articulated in a way that it should solve a problem and not distract you from what you need to actually be doing. So if you came on and said, hey, what's the best for, for emailing people? And email is not where you should be spending 100 of your big focus right now. You should be spending it somewhere else. Then you're just going to get bogged down asking a million different people that question. They're going to give you different answers. You're going to go down a rabbit hole. So what book would I recommend? I think I'd be doing a giant disservice answering this question because I think it really depends. And please come back and ask that question again. Or if you're watching, just just put in, in, in the comments and let me know what problem or what area do you need the most help with in your business right now? If it's finance, if it's investing, if it's marketing, copywriting, then I could help give you my top three, five books. But me just giving you the top five business books doesn't help you or it doesn't help any of the listeners. I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, that's that. Okay. What's the most important skill you need to have to become better at business? Like copy, Facebook ads. <laughs> and this is from Cole. None. None of those. The most important skill you need to have any business success is show up and ask for help. Showing up and asking for help are the two most underrated skills and show up consistently, right? So continuous effort. It's not intelligence. If it was, if it came down to a matter of the skill and the intelligence, you clearly know it doesn't come down to that because Cole, if you look at people in your line of work, there are less smarter people making way more money than you. There are less skillful people making way more money than you and have a way bigger business or a way more successful business, whatever you want to define success at. But what makes them different, right? If it's not intelligence, if it's not necessarily talent, it's continuous effort. Consistency is key. Water beats rock. That's biblical, literally. Like water beats rock. And you showing up every single day and doing the work consistently, day in, day out, day in, day out, the little things, day in, day out. Anytime I've ever made any progress, it was because I showed up every day and did the things. And you know this because you have a little bit more insight. The second I lay off of that and stop, we see a shift in momentum go back down. Everyone has problems with this because if it was easy, everyone would do it. But the hard part isn't necessarily the things you're talking about is the copywriting of the market. It's the continuous effort to show up despite. And that's despite everything, despite you not feeling in the mood to do it today. Despite I could wake up, my neck's killing me. I didn't want to do this, but it's show up. Like we, we got to do it. I got to make a commitment. We got to keep doing it. So you show up and then ask for help around the things that you need. You're unstoppable. Okay, this one's from Sam. What are three things I can do right now to get more customers? 
Ooh, three things you could do right now to get more customers. I think I need a little bit more context into this, of what type of business you're in. My answer would probably change depending on that. If you're in B2B services or like e-commerce, for example, but I think my answer would kind of change, but let me give it a go. So three things you could do right now in order to grow your business. Let's give it a general go. So three things you could do right now in order to grow your business. One is, and this is something literally I just learned from Jared Glant when I last spoke to him. It's a great one is reach out and contact anyone who you've spoken to in the last 12 to 24 months, let's say, and that was going to be a client or didn't become a client. Someone that you were like on a prospecting call with was going to become a client, but never really went with you or didn't become a customer and start the conversation. Just go email them, give them a call, text them and say, hey, why haven't we worked together yet? That simple. Just start the conversation. Well, just curious, why haven't we done business together yet? I think that was a really good idea that Jared actually gave me and something that we're going to start doing a lot of too. So I think that's one way to really start to get business if you need it right away. If you need to get clients right away, the next thing I would tell you to do is probably email call or text 20 people. And that's an easy 20, right? It should probably be higher right now that that may be a good fit to work with you and start a conversation. Do the same thing with people. So start the conversation and say, hey, just curious, how's business? Start the conversation, list them out, be generally interested, and then see if you could actually help them. Then I would do the same thing with the 15, 20 people, email, call, text them, and ask that people you know really well, and ask them if they know anyone that they recommend for you, that they think would be a good fit to work with you and do business with you. That's two right there. And a third, pick up the phone and call 50 businesses right now that you want to work with, and then follow up with them consistently. So cold call. Yeah, those are three things. If you need a client or you need a customer or you need sales right now, that's what I would do. And I'm sure you're expecting like some sort of marketing play in there, some sort of ad spend or some sort of cool marketing technique that you could possibly do. But the truth is, if you need business and clients and customers right now, you can't wait. You need to pick up the phone. You need to be proactive. You need to go out there. You need to speak to people. You need to have conversations. The more hands you shake, the more money you make is the line. And if you need more money in your business right now, you got to be way more proactive than just starting ads and waiting for it. I think that's a good general three ways that you could possibly generate more clients and more business right now. Awesome. I think that's all the questions we got today. Boom. That was an easy one. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you all next week. Megan, as always, thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly someone who wants to take their business to the next level. And I understand that being an entrepreneur, it's a lonely place. It could be a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just super important, as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you have in order to scale and grow your business. It's why I launched the Market Domination Coaching Group, and it's we are open for invitations right now to join. So to request an invitation and book a free diagnostic consultation, let's call it a game plan call, head on over to marketdominationcoaching.com. It's where I will jump on a call with you and show you at least three ways you could possibly grow your business. Whether we work together or not, we'll still do this. Uh, It's going to be the best business decision you'll make uh, today. Uh, So speak soon. Head on over to marketdominationcoaching.com. Book your free game plan call and I'll speak to you soon. 